Would you arise with me for the reading of the word? Let's give honor to the written word of God. I'm going to skip. Let's open to Nehemiah chapter 4. Maybe you could put um, chapter 4 up there, starting at verse 13. So, Amy, I need it in the front, right here, next to the, okay? Okay. They're setting up. Thank you, guys. That's good enough. All right. Nehemiah chapter 4, starting at verse 13. Okay. As I read, I want you to allow the word of God to speak to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to highlight maybe a certain word or certain phrase to speak to your soul this morning. Amen? Amen. Starting at verse 13, it says, Therefore, I positioned men. Can everyone say position? Behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings. And I set the people according to their families with their swords. Everybody say swords. Their spears and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Everybody say remember. Great and awesome and fight. Everybody say fight. For your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Verse 15. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing. Say nothing. nothing. That all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, and the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on that wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that you are calling your sons and daughters of this house to rally together and to remain in the position that you have placed them in this house, in your kingdom. That the enemy has been attacking the minds of your faithful sons and daughters to remove themselves from the position that they have in your kingdom. But today you're sending your word, God, to encourage and empower your people to maintain your position. Trust in your commander. So speak, God, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? You may be seated. You know, as I was praying for this house, for the Hope Church, this is what I sensed. I sensed a lot of faithful, faithful servants of God. Faithfully. In the long run, you've been running a wrong 
long race and you've been serving the Lord. And so many of you are tired. And sometimes you look within your hearts and you look at your own family and the enemy whispers, it's time for you to rest. Step down. Just go in the back a little bit. And then some of you, maybe they're not here. Because when they did that, the enemy would visit them there and say, well, you're, you're too busy. You're too busy to go to church. You're too busy. Oh, oh, a spirit, with spirit of offense. And then the enemy isolates. Enemy brings them down to the valley of, oh, no. Where they are plundered by the lies of the enemy and they, you no longer see them around. And so I just, I just have an encouragement from the Lord. Hope, maintain your position. Look at your neighbor and say, maintain your position. Okay, so last year, I watched this movie called The Great Fortress. What is that in, in Korean? Some's home. Something's home, okay? I don't know. I thought it was three words. Great for, and in the middle of watching this movie, I had to pause it. I had to go on my knees and I had to weep and cry and pray. I had a revival all by myself watching this movie. So this movie was about back, back many, many, many hundreds of years ago, right? And like, I think even this is maybe even before we were like Korea, right? And so the, uh, the enemy was coming against this nation, and the king went out, but everybody knew that there's no way they were going to win. But then there was this one commander, like, he was amazing. Like, he brought many victory to the country, right? But he would not come, and the king was angry. And guess what? He did not come, and they got killed. They got plundered. And so they were going back to their capital, and he sends one of the soldiers and says, Go to that city, go find that general. He's a traitor, go kill him. And so this one show, show, I mean, he lost thousands and thousands of his people in the war, and he's so angry, he wants to kill one of his generals that didn't come to fight. Isn't it weird, often when we go through some pain, we need somebody to blame? Yeah. Yeah. And this king, instead of blaming himself, he blamed this general. So this soldier goes, right? And he goes and he, he, he gets to know this general. And this general, the re he finds out the reason why he did not go into the battle with his king was because he knew that everyone that was going to go there was going to die. And so as the general of this city, he started to build a fortress and he wanted to protect his people. And so the soldier's like, you know, Finding a way, he had a little knife and he's just acting like friend, but he's like watching him, looking at is like what he does in the morning and night. It's like following him, like ready, like waiting for that moment to kill him, right? But then he sees like this king going out in the middle of the night and it's like, this is a chance. So he gets the knife and he follows the king, and, or not king, the general. And the general goes to this little hut and he's holding the baby. 
because this new couple just had a baby. And he's laughing, and, and the general brought, here, here's some little bit of food for you. Oh, general, you didn't have to do that. They were like, you know, so personal relationship, right? And then, and then they're like, oh, we want to name him. Blah, 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 I forgot the general's name. And they named their son, and, and so loving. And this guy, the soldier, is like, he has to kill him, but then, like, he sees how much this general loved. And then... The, the enemies who had millions of soldiers, right, they, they knew in order for them to overcome the whole country, they had to come through this city, okay? And so they were, gonna, they were coming, and they knew they were coming. That's why he was preparing, right? And so when they came, when they came, the, the general sounded the trumpet. They all went to the, it's like, the enemy's coming. They're over there. And, to your possession. And then all these people who were just farmers and who were just, right, just normal people, they ran and they stood in their position. And then there were only like, I don't know, a thousand, but like millions of, it's like sand of people coming against them, right? And so they're battling and it's like, there's no way they could win, right? It's like little boy fighting like a giant, right? It was impossible. They knew, but they weren't gonna give up without a fight, right? And so the enemy's coming, and they're fighting, and then they're like, every time, like, they're in their position, and, and the enemy comes, they climb the wall, and they're trying to fight, and they get knocked out of their position, and there's a moment where it was gonna go all down. They were gonna just all, down. everyone was gonna be killed, right? And then the, the commander said, to your position! And then these people were like off of their position because they were like fighting and, and when they heard the general, it's like something came over them and they fought through and they went to their position. And then when these people like climbed the, the wall and, and then the king's like, Ooh, trumpet, right? Close form. What is that? Close form, close, closer, close order formation. I don't know. I'm not in the military. Close order formation, right? And then when they heard that, these people that were on different side, they all ran to where the trumpet was, and they were like shoulder to shoulder. And then when these people were coming, they pushed them off, right? It was Amazing. There was one scene like they were gonna all die, and then these like like soldiers on the horses and arrows, right? They're waiting on the side, and the the, the second emperor, they're like, we gotta go, we gotta go, they're gonna die, they're gonna die. And he's like, We can't, the, the general didn't give us a sign. We gotta we gotta trust, we gotta we gotta follow his order. But by the time they're gonna all die, and then this second person looked into the per, the, his, her, he, his like servant. He said, he looked at him. Trust the commander. I was like, oh, that's when I paused. Oh, God. Oh, God. God, I trust you. I trust you. God, I question where you've been. But God, I trust you. How often did I? I'm supposed to wait. But when enemy comes, like, I know, like, instead of listening and obeying God, I move out of fear. Man, that, like, go home and watch it. It's a great movie, right? <laughs> and then it's a great actor, too. Choi Zong, so good looking, right? <laughs> it, 
was it really brought revelation. How often do we move away from a position for so many reasons? And the enemy comes and whispers in our ears to take us out of our position. You know, often you think, it's just me. Yeah, Amy and Jason, come here. Maybe Pastor Rumi, you to help me. Richard, help me. Shoulder to shoulder. Come on. This is where God called us, to build a house of God, right? To fight the enemy together, right? This is where we belong. You know, when you come and practice, when you, you know, practice for worship, when you are preparing to do the sound, when you are up there hosting people, welcoming people, when you are teaching, right? All, this is all your position. And often you feel like, well, you know, I'm just handing out a little paper. What does, they don't really need me. And the enemy says, you're not that important, right? So I go, yeah, you don't, yeah, just tell them like you're, you're too busy. The enemy speaks lies. And he takes you away from your position. And you think, it's just little me. I'm not anointed. I'm not a minister. I'm not called. I'm not Pastor Mimi or Pastor Q or Pretty Samonim, right? I'm not, I'm not Richard or Jenny, right, who gets all filled up with the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm not like Elder Susan who know how to like connect. I'm not. So I'm just, I'm just passing out. And take you away. And you think it's just you. I just, I, I just need to take care of myself. I just need to figure it out. You think it's just just you but it's not just about you look at your neighbor and say it's not even just about you you live you live a gap you see you think it's okay for you to not be in your position teaching not be in your position doing the sound you think that's not spiritual but you leave a gap and when you leave a gap watch that movie if there's any gap along the wall the enemy just goes in and brings havoc to the house. Even if that havoc had nothing to do with your position, when you are out of your position, you understand? You leave a gap. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is what I feel like God wants to do, all right? All right, Jason, I want you to go over there. What happened? <laughs> What happened? The ball hit him. He wasn't ready for it. Jason, you ready? I want you to catch this ball over there. You know what God is, God wants, you know why God sent me here? He sent me here because you've been lost in the business of life and even in the business of serving God. And you've been kind of discouraged. Oh, do I really need to be? And kind of tempted to, you know, I've been serving this house for 10 years, 7 years, 2 years, 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you feel like it's just about you. And so you're walking around just wondering, you know. But then God, this is your breakthrough. This is your breakthrough. God is ready to send you your breakthrough. But you're just like, you know, just, it just hits you and just... <laughs> God, how come you're not answering my prayer? Where's my breakthrough? But you know what? You didn't even know he was sending it. You weren't positioned. The word I've got to you today is position yourself. 
position yourself where God has placed you and expect to receive. Here in Nehemiah, that's exactly what happened, right? The Jerusalem wall has been broken down. So Nehemiah goes. And first, in chapter 2, he goes around for three days assessing what's going on. He, he goes to this gate, all broken down. He goes to fountain gate, all broken down. Valley gate, all dung gate, all these different gates, right? All broken down. All the walls are broken down. For three days, he assesses. And he gathers the leaders and, and the people of Jerusalem. How long? What are we going to do this, guys? God gave me favor through a king. I have all the resources. Come on, let's gather, let's build the wall. And so he, he made an assessment, and then he gathered, right? And then he said, we could do this. He could do this. You know what the word of the Lord to you hope is? That he has need of you. And I'm not even, Pastor Q, I'm not talking about just the whole church. The kingdom of God saying, I have, I need you, hope church. You see, when you're immature, when you're young, you fight for yourself. You fight only for your own breakthrough. But when you're mature, you fight for others. When you're mature, you fight for your brethren. You fight for your community, man, in this movie. Because this king, I mean, this general was so, like, he was willing to give up his life. There, there's, a, there's a scene, okay, where, like, they had to, like, destroy this thing that the enemy has built, but they had to dig under where the enemy was building that thing. And then, like, they built this sticks so that it could hold up, but then in that right moment, they were going to ax it right? Then it was going to fall, and then it was going to, like, destroy the enemy, right? But then, but then something happened where, uh, well, like, when they actually did it, everyone that was going to, like, bring that thing down was going to all drown and die. And so the soldiers, like, because these were farmers that were going to do it, and the soldiers came and said, we'll do it. You guys go take care of your family. We will, go, we will sacrifice our lives. We'll do it for you. And then these farmers, they took their axes and said, no, you, you go up there and you fight for our brethren. Us, we will fight for our brethren down here. And then they're axing and it's about to fall and they look at each other smiling and they died. <laughs> and I'm like, from God. You have an amazing pastor that has been teaching you. I hear the Lord saying, Hope, it's time for you to grow up. It's time for you to fight for your brethren. Not just your immediate family of hope community, but the broader body of Jesus Christ. God's calling you to be more missional, not just sending one or two on the mission field, but missional as a body here. Hmm? So Nehemiah assessed, 
shared the vision, and he activated them. Verse 17, come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach, right? And then, so they said, let us rise up and build. And then they set their hands to this good work. And as they're working, the enemy, the Sandala, Tobiah, all these, right? They're like enemies that are hearing, what? They're angry. And so they plot, okay, at this time, let's gather everybody. Let's show them that they are nothing. We're going to come and we're going to kill them. We're going to destroy them. They're not going to be able to, right? And then when they heard that, the Israelites were like, we're already tired. We're already tired building this wall. We don't have what it takes to fight. So they're like, right? And so in that exhaustion, they cried out to God. And that's when Nehemiah said, to your position. He said, I positioned men by families. And I gave them, right? So with one hand to build, with one hand, right? With the sword, he positioned men against the wall so that each family will only have to build certain from here to here. And here to here, Kim's. From here to here's Chung's. I don't know, from here to here, Lee's. I don't know, here to here, Johnson's, <laughs> right? He has positioned them according to their families. And when they were so afraid, they're like, we can't even take care of ourselves. I'm, I'm exhausted just building this wall. Now we have to fight them. We can't do this. That's when Nehemiah said, remember, don't be afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. Look at your other neighbor and say, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord. Great and awesome and fight for your brethren. Take that axe. Fight for your brethren, your sons and daughters, your wives and your houses. That's what enemy does, right? Speaking fear. Fear. You're not good enough. You're going to fail. He didn't really call you. Oh, Pastor Chu doesn't appreciate you, right? The enemy speaks these lies to make you want to get away from your position. And in those moments when the lies bombard our minds, the main thing is we got to remember the Lord. Hmm? I remember I was telling the, all the singles this weekend that 2018 was so hard. Chris, Christopher, he's from, he's one of us, even though he lives here. It was so hard. It was so hard, Pastor Q. It was so hard. But in the midst of storm after storm, right, I get a phone call about one of our members getting a breast cancer. I was like, it's like the Israelites building the wall. Day and night is already hard. But then the enemy is going to come down. Oh, come on, God. <laughs> Have mercy. In that moment, I started to fast. And as I was fasting, I had this dream. And I told the singles the other night. And in my dream, I was at a park. Alethea was at a school, like, picnic, right? And then there's, like, that, like, like this, this, I heard, someone's trying to kill Alethea, my daughter. I was like, what? And I'm, like, running around. Who's going to kill my daughter? Who? And I'm, I'm looking. No way. And as I'm looking, there's one middle-aged Hispanic 
Nothing against this, but it's just my dream. <laughs> Middle-aged Hispanic woman, her eyes and my eyes locked. And then I knew it was her. And then she looked normal and nice. And once she knew I knew, she became very demonic. And I ran like a Wonder Woman. I ran towards her. And I grabbed her hand. And I said, you will not kill my daughter. I, right? And then she went. She became more demonic. She got bigger, and she levitated to the sky, and she was way up in the sky. But as I was looking in my dream, physically, I'm small. I don't know how to levitate. Obviously, this demon has more power than me. But in that moment, that determination, but you are not going to kill my daughter. And I looked at her and said, you, I will overcome. I will fight you till the end, and you will not. And then I woke up. And when I woke up, I heard still small voice of God saying, if you fight, you will win. Come on, tell your neighbor, if you fight, you will win. Tell your other neighbor, come on. You're prophesying right now. You're prophesying right now. If you fight, you will win. Not, wives, not when you fight your husbands. <laughs> Husbands, not when you fight your wives, right? Husbands, stop being selfish. <laughs> Release your wife. <laughs> Set them free. It's not when you fight each other. When you fight the good fight of faith, if you fight, you will win. Something, this determination came over me in that moment. And I, I arose and said, I will fight till the end. If it's just for me, I would rather give up. I don't need to win. I don't mind dying. Just kill me. Just take me to heaven. I don't have to see anything glorious here. Just take me. But if it's about my brethren, my daughter, my sons and daughters, my church member, no, the devil, you're going to fight me, and I know I'm going to win. There's no way you're going to bypass me to get to my people. Hmm? If you fight, you will win. And so what does Nehemiah do? He says, listen, we're way far apart. In your position, you may feel disconnected. Children's teachers may feel disconnected with the worship team. Worship team may feel disconnected from small group leaders. You know, Vice versa, we're far apart. But when the trumpet sounds, I want you to run to where I am so that we could make close form, close order formation so that we could fight off. If this family is getting attacked, we're going to all go there, stand in front of that family. If children's ministry is being attacked, we're going to all go over there doing spiritual warfare to fight off the enemy. Hmm? The only way, the only way you can maintain your position and fight off the devil is if you trust the commander. Pastor Q, what are you thinking? Are you sure? And naturally, sometimes the leaders may make decisions or say nonsense stuff. Trust me, I know. Benjamin is my husband. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, what? Right now? Are you sure? It doesn't make sense. 
But in that moment, do we trust the commander? Do we trust our commander? Sometimes it's so easy to see our leaders in their weakness. But in moments like this, when the trumpet sounds, you got to trust the voice of your you know what, what I also hear God saying? Stop cursing your seed. You look and say, well, I'm not spiritual enough. I can't teach anybody. Well, I'm not strong enough. I don't have the prophetic gift. I don't have this. You, you look at what, and you're, you're right. You're right. What's in your hand is small. It's weak. You feel like, what can I do with this? What can God do with this? And you say, oh, 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 deacon so-and-so, can you? Oh, no, no, I, there's not, no, I have no gifting. Oh, I have no time. You curse what is in your hand before that seed could bear fruit. And I hear the Lord saying, stop cursing your seed. God, the kingdom, the gospel is God always uses but is obviously lacking. Two fish, five loaves of bread. He always uses, obviously you can't feed 15,000 people with one boy's lunch. Jesus, what are you thinking? Why are you wasting our time by making us sit, you know, seating them? Obviously it's lacking, but in the kingdom of God, he always blesses what is obviously lacking because that is a seed. And all God is looking for are those that are, yes, it doesn't make sense, but I say yes. What seems like a setback is a setup. This is for somebody over here. In the past season, you experience some setback. And you feel like, man, I'm so tired. I got to rebuild again. I got to restart again. Oh, man. And you curse the seed. And you don't trust the commander. But God is saying, what seems like a setback in this past season, it's actually divine. It was not demonic. It was divine to set you up. Let me give you the answer. Amy and I just came back a couple months ago from Indonesia. Last year, they went through H-E-L-L. It was bad. I mean, they had to hide the kids, and we had to go minister. It was bad. But you know what was crazy is this. Because they had to, they had, there were certain things, like, they had to fill out with the government, and they didn't have, that they didn't know they didn't have. And so they were, like, trying to, like, they were hiding the kids, and they're, like, you know, they lost their presence. They were looking for a place in the midst of, like, doing hard work. They had to go back to the government office like every day over and over. Oh, well, you don't have this. Oh, you need to pay this. Oh, you don't have going. It's, it was tiring, but in the, it was a setback. Do you know how much we raised to help them get a, get their land and building and they lost it. We're like, oh my gosh, we have to raise again, right? Oh, it felt like crazy setback, even as sponsors and supporters, right? What felt like a setback in the middle of going back to the official, government official filling this paper out, they're like, oh, you have these last names? We have in our uh, rehab center, right? Uh, the same, uh, two boys with the same last name. And they're like, oh, really? Okay. And they're like, well, can we take them? And so they decided to take them because they have the same last name with the three kids that we have in our orphanage. 
And when, when they told that they were bringing, and when they told the girls the names of these two boys, uh, three boys, right? Uh, uh, no, two boys, Luis and Diego, right? When they heard the name, they started to weep. <gasps> and they ran out, and they hugged their brother. You know what happened five years ago, Pastor Q? They, these, these were brothers and sisters, okay? And the oldest girl, Areli, right? She was like a mother, even though she was only like 10 or 11 at that time. And, and her mother was a drug addict, right? And her 10 and 11-year-old brother left, just went outside, and they got lost. And she was begging her mom, let's go look for our brothers. And mom's like, eh. And so for five years, she didn't know where her brothers were. And then because of this setback, God reunited these brothers and sisters for the first time in five years. And God prophetically spoke to us, you guys think you're going through such a hardship, such a setback, but it is not a setback. What seems like a setback is a setup by God. It's divine. Do not curse the seed. Do not question your commander. He's calling you to your position. You know what I sense? What I sense is, Pastor Q, Hope Church has been chosen by God to carry the anointing, the presence of God. You are to be a river that flows from the throne room of God. You know, Ezekiel says, wherever this river goes, everything in it. You're supposed to bring life, not just here, not just here, but often a lot of setbacks that you've experienced. A lot of those couples after covenant retreat last year, you felt like it was a setback. If you trust your commander, it's a setup. To get rid of the garbage, to heal your relationship, to align your heart back to God. You know what? You know what God is doing? The setback, what seemed like a setback that you've been experiencing is divine. Because you know what? He's about to release his presence, his anointing upon this house. But if you're not ready, when the presence comes, guess what's going to happen to your cup? If you're not positioned, in your position, blessing your seed, trusting in your commander, more God, more Jesus, more Jesus, and you're angry at your husband, he's never going to change. More God, more Jesus, and you're mad at your children. More Jesus, and you're irritated with your pastor. When you don't position your heart right and remain in your position, if the more of God comes, you know what's going to happen to you? That's what's going to happen. What God wants to release in your house is an anointing that does not destroy you, but anointing that remains. You see, because if your cup is a dinky cup, it's empty like this. More, Jesus! He's about to come. But when he sees that it's about to crush you, he lifts. More! 
Jesus. Oh, more Jesus. And you sense his presence. Oh, he's here. He's coming. He's coming. And he senses that your marriage is not right. You have bitterness in your heart. Then he lifts. Not because he hates you. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. He doesn't want his blessings and anointing to crush you. But when you, not by yourself, together, okay, doing the hard work of building each day the walls, going to see therapists, going to see your pastor, being faithful in the place in this house as God has called you, then, What do you think is going to happen? Maybe, oh, there's six cans. Okay, I'll just do this. What do you think is going to happen? Anointing comes. The anointing does not crush you or your community. God can come and rest and release his presence, his glory, Amen. through you, through this house. Will you arise with me and let me pray for you? I want you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, not Pastor Sonny's, the voice of the Holy Spirit. I just feel it strongly in my spirit. Son, maintain your position. Daughter, don't, don't, you were going to call Pastor Q this week and say, I'm going to step out. No, no, no. Maintain your position. Do not leave a gap. You must trust the commander. I'm not saying ignore what is unhealthy. When you maintain your positions, that's when you have the grace to work on what is not right. By yourself, even if you took six months off, you think you're going to rest by yourself and work it out? Guess what? By yourself, you get more plundered by the lies of the enemy. That takes you further away from your destiny, further away from your kingdom position. I just hear the Lord saying, maintain, son. Maintain, daughter. And maybe some of you, maybe it kind of like hurts a little bit and you kind of feel embarrassed because maybe last week you called your leader. Oh, I don't... God, I feel like God is saying, it's okay, son. I still love you. You just need to return. Just return to the place of faith. Last year was so hard. I would, even as a senior pastor, I wanted to leave my position. God said, son, you maintain your position. Stand where I, where I have called you to stand. Even though you feel like you're being destroyed, when you stand, I am strengthening your cup. In the midst of the pain, I am strengthening your cup so that you could carry my presence. Like I told the art singles, you can't bring a dinky cup under the waterfall and ask for more. It will destroy you. You cannot, you have to embrace the seasons where God is strengthening your cup. So will you just close your eyes and just talk to God? What is it saying? Is it saying maintain? Is it saying return? Maybe he's saying, will you trust your commander?
Come on, respond. Talk to him. Talk to your king. Talk to your commander. What are you calling me to? Where are you calling me to stand? But God, I feel I'm so tired. You know, just praying for those of you that are tired. I just want to cry when I pray for you this morning because I understand how that feels because you know what? I'm tired. I've been tired too in the past. But in that place, will you look to God? Will you say, God, I put my trust in you? I don't know how, but I choose to put my trust in you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come close to every heart, every mind. And in your loving presence, your gentle kindness, will you will you just wipe away the lies, the exhaustion, fear, hopelessness. Will you just shake those off of the hearts and the minds of your sons and daughters? And will you today empower your sons and daughters to get back, to arise, to hear their commander's voice and get back to your position. Son, daughter, back to your position. Get back to your position and trust 